What's up, fam? Stoner Mom here, letting you know our line of premium smokable hemp flour is live. Happy Flower Company is our official hemp brand, and we are offering high CBD, terpene-rich, hand-trimmed, and organically grown Colorado hemp buds. And best of all, thanks to the 2018 Farm Bill update, hemp flour is federally legal in all 50 states. Visit us at happyflowercompany.com and use code MADAS10, that's M-A-D-A-S-10, for a 10% discount. Bye! It's Dabbing in the Morning with Kathy and Dave. What's up, podcast listeners? You are listening to Mom and Dad Are Stoned, a podcast for responsible cannabis users, brought to you by thestonermom.com. That's me. I'm the Stoner Mom, but you can call me Catherine. And I am joined, as always, by my wonderful husband, Blavid. We are parents to four and legal cannabis users in the great state of Colorado. In this podcast, we pour a couple of drinks, smoke a little weed, relax, and talk about cannabis, our lives, pop culture, and more. What's up? What is up? I'm a little blue right now, so I guess this podcast episode will be a... A blue podcast. Well, it'll be an, an experiment because my mood considerably changes when I get high. How was that CBD dab that you just did? I need to do more. It was the first dab, so I guess we might as well pop into Libation Corner. Let's pop in and see what we're doing. Here we are in Libation Corner. Ooh. Some gurgling libations. Man, that's a CBD dab. Okay, so... I have been using my Dr. Dabber switch again. What do you think? And it's so great. I pretty much only dab with my Puffco Peak. Um, But now... And I just forget about the Dr. Dabber. It's great. It's just, you know, the Puffco Peak is so small and nice to carry around. It's just very handy, but the Dr. Dabber feels nice. It's so nice to get like really good filtration and like a good bunch of bubbling. Like the Puffco Peak, you can put like a tiny bit of water in it or else you're swallowing vape water. Right. Um, (coughs) Ooh, sorry. (coughs) Do you cut out my coughs when I cough? Sometimes. So anyway, I am doing some CBD dabs of the CBD slab that maybe we'll sell. I think we're going to. Very soon at Happy Flower Company. And I like it. It It really... Whoa, man. There's all kinds of Armageddon <laughs> vehicles outside. Should I just keep talking? Yeah. Okay. Um, CBD slab that we might sell. I think we're going to. I really like it. It's like an instant um, anxiety killer. Which is very nice. It is. But definitely for depression. Yeah. I need um, actual THC. Yeah, plus that doesn't last very long, does it? It doesn't. And that's how I feel about dabs in general. Even like the dankest dabs. That's what I love about dabbing. And it's so um, potent immediately. But it doesn't, for me, last as long in in my body and head. I really like that. Um, I feel like I get a big bang and then it kind of goes away as opposed to slowly comes off of a high, you know, when you're coming down from a high and it takes like an hour or whatever. Um, and you're feeling like depressed, like maybe depressed or whatever. Yeah. You feel a little blue, but wait, well, more like couch lock. That's my thing. It's like any strain or experience that makes me feel couch locked. I don't like because to me, depressed is being couch locked. So I'm always looking for that opposite effect. Okay. Well, I feel like the CBD thing for me, it hit just like exactly like you said, it hits you immediately. It's like, mm-hmm. boom. And then you feel like, oh. I mean, don't you feel like it's a it's really effective for anxiety? Oh, like situational my God. Yes. anxiety. Yes. I had a lot of anxiety months ago, but I haven't had any of that lately. So it's hard to gauge. But, man, yes, it cuts right through the weirdness. It's good. It's good. Okay. So I want to talk about our imaginary libation place today oh you do yeah so can i Even can i set the scene date? <laughs> yeah okay where did so you so we're at um 
We're at our place by our house called Thirsty's, which is a shithole dive bar. Oh, my God. But not really a dive bar. I mean, it's more Mm. like a neighborhood bar that's on the lower end. Would you agree? Mm. You think it's? I mean, it is a dive bar. So what are you wearing at the dive bar? What are you wearing there? Okay. At a dive bar, Mm -hmm. I like to be as invisible and inconspicuous as possible. All right. So I'm wearing super tight black jeans mm-hmm. and a black shirt mm-hmm. and it has a v-neck okay is it a long sleeve shirt or short sleeve shirt or sleeve short and i have a short torso so i have to try to elongate my body okay anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and then i'm wearing black boots <laughs> that are really cool all right and i can't describe them but they're very cool they are so cool they're like ankle boots okay they don't go up or anything. No. They're super cute. What are you drinking there? Oh God, I'm at a the neighbor. I'm at Thirsty's, so I'm drinking. What kind of gin do they try to give you? It's like Tanqueray. Yeah, I'm drinking Tanqueray. <clears throat> That's exactly right. Okay. And I have, and I can already feel my heartburn. <laughs> I also, of course, have a variety of mods and da and and vape boxes that I can. Hit, hit on the back porch at any time. Yes. But it's all nicotine. I like it. Oh, it's nicotine? Yeah. No, how about just flavor, but no nicotine? No, it's all nicotine. It's girl. all nicotine? Yeah. All right. I'm just kind of dressed like you. I'm wearing jeans and a t- t-shirt. Okay. And um, I am drinking a watered-down Jack and Coke because that's all they serve there is just watered-down, watery-ass drinks with no alcohol in them. But you know what? Mm-hmm. That place, yeah. it's never been taken over by... A biker gang Never. when we've been there. So no. it does have that going for it. So it does, yes. Okay, anyway, what we're actually libating on? Yeah, what are you libating on? I, How is that? You made me some weird pineapple drink with Stoli pineapple vodka, vodka and soda. Oh, okay. Club soda, but just a splash of club soda because you had revealed to me not long ago. Yes. Your exact words, I think. I'm sorry, I can't say exact, but they were close. Where something like, I like drinks that are that have less fluid in them. I kept complaining to David that my drinks were oh, too liquidy. Liquidy. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, it's a drink. I don't understand what you mean. Yeah. And But I get it now. Like, as you age as a woman, more things make you have to pee. Yeah. And I don't want to sit when my intention is to feel intoxicated. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to drink like three whole sodas. You know, right. mixed with some, some sort right. of thing. I just, I want to do shots. I want to get there. But see, this is, <laughs> so my, my, nor- this revelation caused me to change the way I make drinks for you because for yes. years, because you're such a lightweight, mm-hmm. I would, and certainly there were no shots being taken constantly like there are now with Ga- Galliano. It's not constant. Well, I mean. It's just in the evenings during adult time. Yeah. Guys, okay. Please. Yeah. Not constant. I didn't mean constantly. I don't have a problem. You don't have a problem. I just <laughs> meant like when you sit down to drink, which is like once a week, maybe, then you, mm. there's, there's, you're more apt to drink shots now. Like. I do like that. Yes. So because of that switch, I've had to add more alcohol and less like mixer to your drink. So, so there, that's my fault. There you I've been go, doing ladies. it wrong. If you feel like you're peeing too much when you're drinking. Ask for some stiffer drinks. <laughs> yeah, just ask, but don't say liquidy. Say, don't say, say liquidy. Say more alcoholic. Yeah. All right, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because okay, the bartender doesn't order fucking dog. Oh, uh, yeah, more liquidy coming up. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> and then he puts like dishwater in your so drink. liquidy. I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, yes, ma'am. Um, here, try this one. <laughs> um, okay, I also have my big, huge aerial bong. Yeah, you do. And. I have a big bowl of strawberry cough, homegrown, been smoking it a lot. It's my favorite of the strains that you've grown um, in this last harvest, just in the last harvest, I mean. That we we have grown. I didn't help with this one. Yeah, you did. This is the one you helped with, yeah. No, it's not. Honey, yes, it is. Strawberry cough? Yes. Oh, well, I did a great job. (laughs) Yeah, you did. Anyway, I also covered it. In my bowl, in hash and keef. The other day you said you you had mentioned hash, or I had mentioned hash, like, I'm going to make hash. And then you I, you busted out your container-o-hash, and it was, like, full. I was like, you don't need any more hash. I have had hash for so long, but I do need new hash now. Because this is old, outdated hash. Um, 
I'm just, you know, I'm finally almost out. I really stirred it up and mixed it up, and I've been using it a lot this Good. week. Um, look at my handsome dog. Oh! Oh, dang. You're so cute. Okay. I also have some rosin, and then I'm probably going to do some dabs with after I finish this CBD. And then I have my plug play vape pen okay with pineapple cooler Mm -hmm. in it very tasty tastes like pineapple so that goes perfectly with my pineapple drink i'm gonna put that right there and be organized tamale sesh and then i bought my northern standard cartridge of gg number four do you like it i like it very much it's almost empty do you like the taste of it what do you (laughs) like is that what you like about it um no it doesn't have a you know, guys, with these types of things, there's, like, flavored cartridges, you know, where they add in more terpenes and stuff. But, like, also, like, flavors, like pineapple, yeah. <laughs> you know. And then there's um, natural-tasting ones, like enhanced weed-tasting ones. So that's why I like to do all sorts of different ones, you know. I like minty things. I like fruity things. And I like natural um, Flavor, cannabis. Yeah. There's also this, you have vape cartridges by this company where they infuse terpenes from different plants. Like I haven't tried those yet. I'm saving them. Those, those are going to be cool. Those are going to be cool. I'm going to talk all about those at a later date. But anyway, that's what I'm sessioning on. What about you? Do you have some hemp? Do you have some uh, You know what? No, I have, I don't know what was in this grinder, but I know there's weed in here. <coughs> and then I know that um, I added some <laughs> Electra hemp in here. I mean, our dog's really, like, stretching out his back late to scratch his ear. Um, I added some Electra, new Electra, in here from Happy Flower Company. So cutting it's your cannabis good. with some Electra, the and, uplifting Electra hemp strain. Yeah. And then I have um, in this... We got new glasses. We got new glasses. Um, I am drinking rum... I believe it's called Plantation Rum or something. It was voted, like, if you look in, like, the best rums to buy... It's one of those. and But, you know, rum, I think, is very inexpensive. I mean, like, you can buy expensive rum, but it's not like bourbon where there's, like, you can buy a $400 bottle of bourbon or a $100 bourbon. In the rum aisle, it's like there's, like, 10 expensive rums. But anyway, I like it, and I'm drinking that with ginger beer and lime juice, which is a dark and stormy. Oh. Yes. And that's it. Sorry, I took forever. That was our longest libation we corner ever. Ever of all time. Okay. So is that libation corner? Um, yeah, but I'm going to keep on libating, Let's guys. keep libating. seem any happier yeah a little bit i think you got a little bit of a brain blast happening all right moving on to what is going on with you guys which you guys hmm well we're childless at the moment we have no children it's the last week of summer for me last two weeks of summer for david and the kids are all on vacation yeah with their other parent parents and so we're alone for a week yeah we're well into it now yeah it's been several days i think we've done okay yeah have you felt any pangs of anxiety i have not i have not things have been going pretty good i think i mean we did have some crazy experiences though in our time together one of which being is our poor beloved walrus dog max fell ill oh my god we love our dog so much and he something was wrong with him for like two days literally on saturday morning max has had zero energy levels like he just couldn't move he farted but now he's farting (laughs) (laughs) which is probably what was going on yeah he just seemed so despondent like he wouldn't lift his head every time he stood up and moved around he was very slow his tail was in between his legs like Oh, he wasn't making eye contact with me. It was freaking me out so yeah. bad. He wouldn't eat. He wouldn't drink. He didn't go outside and bark. He didn't go run around. Um, so, yeah, we were very concerned. But yeah. we sat on it for like this. Because the second day, 
um, he was better. He was like halfway better. He was still a little weird. And then now he's completely back to normal. Oh, and it's such a miracle to see him like break into a smile every time he looks at you. Like he wasn't doing that. It was horrible. It was pretty bad. And, you know, like with dogs, because they have like super immune systems, they can eat lead and survive. They're just, you just don't know. You got to like wait and see, you know? I'm always paranoid someone uh, is going to poison our dog. Yeah, because he's a barker. He likes to, he's Bob Barker, really. I mean, that makes us sound irresponsible. I'm very, like, he can't go out after a certain time. Like, if I, when I let him out in the morning, during the school year, if he starts barking, he's back inside. Oh, he's in like, trouble. I get so upset. Um, but yeah, he has a big, tough alpha dog and likes to bark. And our our house is on the corner. Who knows? There's all sorts of freaks everywhere, everywhere, all across the nation. As we know, people that want to harm others and harm animals, which yeah. is just unbelievable. But anyway, now we're getting upset about something that probably didn't even happen. Yeah, he probably he, just has yeah. some, like, latent cancer or something that we don't know about. No, he doesn't have latent cancer. He's got... What he did was, I believe he ate something. I mean, like, if he has latent cancer, you don't get... I'm real sick for a day, and now I'm okay 100%. It's like you're down for the count, okay? You, like, start exhibiting worse behaviors, okay. not better. So Max just plain old ate something, or... He couldn't poo. Something like that. And then, you know, he probably went to the bathroom the next day and he was great. But whatever. We're glad to have our dog back. I'm very excited that he's uh, completely healthy. 2019 has been all about our pets being sick for the first time ever. It's true. And it's been horrifying. It's not been fun. I'll tell you that much. It's like... We love these beasts. <laughs> I've been to the emergency room more times than I could care to count. I mean... Oh, that's right. We have to talk about the other dog. So, last week or the week before last, I don't remember. It was... Uh, I had this bright idea to get a puppy. And, um... Well, because we've been... Can I preface <clears throat> yeah, this conversation? Yeah, go ahead, please. Okay, we've been talking about getting a dog for a long time. As a family and as a couple, we had some stipulation, stipulations that we still believe strongly in. One is that the dog be a female and that the dog be a rescue. So not a puppy. Not a puppy and not a boy puppy. And not a boy puppy. Okay. Okay. So, but then. (laughs) But then I'm at work. Yes. And one of the guys I work with, uh, he breeds German Shepherds and he. he Which we really want a German Shepherd. We do. And, you know, there was a beautiful girl German Shepherd he had into the office last year. And, I mean, I fell in love with this dog. It's just a little tiny little princess. In fact, the dog's name was Princess, okay? (laughs) So then Princess's puppy is at work bouncing around and attacking tennis balls and stuff. And I'm like taking pictures and sending him. I'm like, look at this cute thing. He's sending me videos. Yeah. And And then it's like... Is oh let's just take him and then I asked the guy I'm like because last time I wanted to buy a dog he wanted a obscene amount of money but this time he was like you know very low amount and then he just ended up saying you can take him and I was like really and he goes yeah go ahead and I took the dog home because I thought it was going to spread so much joy and he's happiness. texting me pictures of the dog in his lap on the way home <coughs> he's saying things like. This is my dream dog I've wanted my whole life. My whole life. <coughs> Everybody's so happy and the girls all so happy. are so excited. <coughs> and I get home and this puppy's fun for like <laughs> 20 minutes. And, you know, you know, we, we introduced him to Max and Katya and they both were great. They were like, hello, I'm a cat. And hello, I'm a big dog. <laughs> they were very nice when they started they out. They did. Hello, pleased to meet you. Cooper is the name, the name of the dog. And mm-hmm. Cooper was really timid and frightened when he first got in he was very i mean like curious still but like just more timid yeah but as the hours went on he was a normal puppy and we realized very quickly we can't have a puppy with max max is too old he's past those days he hates it he he can't he can't tolerate it he's growling at him he's He's, you know, and the guy wants to sleep 95% of the day. Yeah. So he can't have his ears and his feet being eaten when he's trying to do that. Because he's going to go on a murderous rampage. And it's going to be our fault. 
Right. And the puppy's also now into chasing Katya. Right. <laughs> now Katya's... And barking at Katya. Yes. So now Katya's downstairs. And my girls, I could see it in their face the first time the puppy goes after the cat. They're just like, oh, no. <laughs> like, we can't have this. Like, anyway... Yeah, so... So then... Yeah, then, wait, it gets better. (laughs) I'm holding this puppy, and I'm like, well, it's just... I'm going to have to be a mom to a baby. Put the baby to sleep. Takes a nap while we all eat dinner. And then he wakes up with an allergic reaction (laughs) in his eyeballs. His poor puppy eyeballs are swollen. Golf ball size eyeballs. So David immediately takes him to the 24-hour clinic, which we're very familiar with mm-hmm. now. Thank you, Katya, and yes. for your double ear infection. And, yeah. and um, they fixed him right up. It's very easy, you guys. You can just give them uh, even human, over-the-counter Benadryl. Benadryl. And it's also uh, really common in puppies. Yeah. He'd come into a brand-new environment and it was probably detergent or something like that in the blankets that he was sleeping on. But it was just... Uh, then we had our whole night of... Non-sleeping. Well, I slept. Because I was like... Well, he would get up. He would start to go to sleep. But then he'd wake up. And then he'd like run around. Or, and then he peed on the floor, <laughs> oh my of God. course. And at one point, Max gets... So David is sleeping with the puppy elsewhere in the house, right? Max gets in my bed with me. He never does that. Like, I have to coax him on. And it's like twice a year. And he's like, okay, bye afterwards. But he was so miserable having the puppy running around him. He had to get into the bed. He jumped onto the bed. With his mom. And then that's when I grabbed the puppy and went downstairs (laughs) and I slept on the couch with the puppy next to me on the floor. And it was awful. And then by the morning, I was like, we're getting rid of this dog. This dog is going back right now. Well... Thankfully, we were in the position for that to happen. Right. I mean, I'm very much a believer in this is a part of the family, but, you know, it's a huge responsibility taking on this creature you're going to have for 10 plus years. And, but, uh, you know, it, the situation was such that we were able to immediately bring him back. Right. Which, no harm, no foul. Yep. He was totally, he was, he felt so bad yeah. that the dog Oh my God, had, you had to go to the emergency room? <laughs> yeah, he was so, <laughs> not, it's nobody's fault. Everything's fine. It turned out fine, but I'm glad that we figured that out and we resolved that. Yes. Uh, so that has been our, our very animal focused <laughs> two yes. weeks. Yeah. Last two weeks. I think two. Of summer, hoorah, so fun. (laughs) (laughs) Did you say hoorah? We just have to remember our, you know, when it comes to puppies, it's very easy to be like. Oh, they're so cute. I'm ready for that responsibility, but it is a huge responsibility. I mean, you are, families are, but our family is not. That's not something we're interested in doing at this stage (laughs) in our lives. I could see having a puppy when I don't have any kids. Yeah. Um, and if I didn't have like other animals, you know, but yeah. so maybe someday, maybe, but not right now. That, I want the next young is fine. Like Max was like two and a half when yeah, I got that's him. Fine. Um, but he was big and he knew how to go outside and, and he knew how to sleep. The boy knew how to sleep. Yeah, I did. Anyway, that's it. That's what's been going on with us. That's it. That's what's been going on. Okay. Here we go. Ready. I'm ready. Because it's time for Stone Conversations with Believe It and Catherine. Great. Are you high at all? Oh my god, yes. I think you are as well. I don't know. Let me work a little bit on this. David, what are we going to stone diddly blather on about? Today we're going to talk about the filmmaker Stanley Kubrick. Because we have spent some time talking or watching his movies again. Well, just the most, yeah, just The Shining. And, I think it started with The Shining. And, yeah. Oh, and Eyes Wide Shut, which we talked about kind of recently that's on the right, show. That's right. That's what started the whole thing again. It's okay. Okay, so Stanley Kubrick is like someone you always like 
cycle back to at some point in your long existence on this earth, I think. Yes. That's how I feel. And what an accomplishment. It's like going back to Beethoven, you know? And um, I really, really enjoy it. It's been a long time since I delved into uh, his stuff and then all of the crazy conspiracy theories and fans and craziness and i've been digging it and this time around i'm getting super into it i'm listening to podcasts there's this one i really like if you guys like stanley kubrick at all or if you like it or no if you like the shining at all it's the shining 237 podcast i love it so much you love it it's old and so it already happened and it's just fun i think Whatever. Then we got. Then we watched. We rewatched uh, 2001. Yep. Um, and then I'm ready to rewatch them again. I want to watch right. them a couple times in my session, my well, cycle. We, like, but, and you said last night you said you wanted to watch Eyes Wide Shut. I do. So see. I do because I want to watch Eyes Wide Shut with new eyes because um, now I. Dang. You know what I mean? Like I yes. watched it. My first watching of Eyes Wide Shut is. I remember when that movie came out, but I never saw it because I was like. He's too old. He it can't be good. This movie can't be good. Plus, Tom Cruise is in it. Gross. So I just thought it. And the ad was dumb. I thought so. But then I finally watched it with you, and I was blown away. It was very good. Um, Wait, so that was kind of like your first time? Yeah, I've never seen that one because I just didn't think it was gonna. Oh, I thought I, I thought he that. couldn't wow. make movies the right way anymore. I was like, he's too old. Oh man, that's so sad. So anyway, I was wrong. So I just Some got over that. Some people don't like Some, I, I do like it. You know what I like about it? The fake city that he's in. Mm-hmm. Like the, all those storefronts it's are New York, but it's very cool. Oh, that's. I mean, The Shining is that way too. It's all a soundstage. It, it it's like masterful in how in his lighting techniques and stuff. How it looks like the huge hotel at the overlook. The bit, huge lobbies all lit with like gorgeous natural light and it's not it's like these thousand watt lights that are so intense it's 110 degrees on set and they're wearing you know what they're wearing in that movie (laughs) and the whole fucking thing burned down at one point because of the lighting destroyed because of the light the lights yeah um anyway that's the price you pay and so yeah that was okay so i want to watch eyes wide shut so Um, but wait, I'm sorry. So yeah, there's a specific, I would love to just chat like this and that's fine. We can do that. But I did want to ask you one thing. Okay. What? The, the documentary we watched, uh, room 237. Okay. That's kind of, for me was the thing that like propelled us into like, okay, before we watch the shining, we got to watch this thing. And then. Oh, well. No. First of all, we'd watched it before. Uh, Yeah, we did. But I mean, like, I feel like we were annoyed by it before. Then we went back and watched it again because. But we were annoyed by it the second time. We were. I guess what's annoying about it is, I mean, there's a lot of, there are a lot of obviously too far into it. People. Yes. In fact, all of them. Not all of them. Some of them are really interesting and and definitely real. He does have all of these subtexts and. Uh, hidden narratives and subliminal narratives and an interest in all of that kind of stuff, which totally exists. Um, but reading so far into everything and then never having um, the possibility of it's an error, you yeah. know, is like, oh, no. Yeah, but he. But probably- there's that one guy. Remember that one guy that just, like straight up and was super annoying? Like he's like, and then. When yeah. the letters line up and the, and you can see very clearly in the clouds, like, and you can't see shit. Yeah, he's and, like, and now hold it and watch right hold, here. But you hold one like, eye closed. We don't, I don't see <laughs> that. Like, it's like, it's Stanley Kubrick's race in the clouds. And it's like, well, no, it's not. I don't that's know. what he was. That's exactly what he said. It's like, dude, yeah. no. <laughs> it's like, you're nuts, sir. I mean, like that. And then there was the lady who was like, and if you look at the post in the room, it's a fucking minotaur. Oh, yeah. We're and it's very like, it's not a minotaur. minotaur. Which is a great idea because the the, the shining is a labyrinth and all of that. But I don't think it looks like a minotaur. No. And I don't think it's supposed to be a minotaur. I don't either, man. I just think it's like a threatening male figure and the, yeah. that light reflection over its... This is just a poster in the game room, you guys. Yeah. I don't know. Go watch The Shining. Just or you probably it. already have watched it many times in your life. But I will say this. Oh, God. In room, two thir- in room 237, the documentary. Yeah. 
the thing where they talk about how Stanley Kubrick is believed to have faked the moon landing and, you know, do all that stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I was like, right. That's ridiculous. But then we watched 2001. And you, you know, I looked at what year it came out before we had even images of our own planet. That is 100% true. So, I mean, and then, like, you're telling me, okay, did you know all of this is just one shot? Like, it's not really in a circle. It's, you know, and I'm like, what? So then I started thinking, Stanley Kubrick, back then, I can see why people thought that. Because he he showed us what the Earth looks like before we knew what it looked like. Yes. But so he did not fake the 2001 moon. 2001 <laughs> came out in 68, and we didn't get our first pictures of the Earth from space until like 72 or something. So what we saw in that movie at that time, what people got to see at that time is so exciting yeah. because that's just such a humongous, like imagine sitting there and it's just so big and what a beautiful portrayal. That's all a painting. Those opening shots during the blue Danube. When um, you see Earth. Oh, absolutely. And then something you said to me that really, like, got me was, like, you were like, this is, see, Star Wars based all that shit off this. Like, remember the beginning? Isn't Star Wars famous with, like, a big opening shot of a spaceship? (laughs) Right. And I was like, holy fuck, you are 100% (laughs) right. Because in all the Star Wars movies, they open with a big shot of a spaceship going by. And that's straight up from 2001 with that with their ship. I can't remember what it's called, but yeah, Discovery. Uh, that and um, the hand, the painted background. So George Lucas right. was famous. Projection. Yeah, he was famous for doing that too because he Stanley learned it from Kub- Stanley Kubrick. He used that? yes, he oh, did. What like I learned pe- was that people don't really use it at all. Well, George Lucas had to because he didn't have lots of money, and he did. He had. There's a shot in Star Wars of the Millennium Falcon parked right. And it's a fucking painting. And, like, the way that it's lit and all that I read all about it when I was a kid. So, you just blew my mind when you said that. I was like, Stanley Kubrick invented that. Yeah. So, there you go. Whoa. Sorry, we're at today. For we're here. 2001. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, the one thing I do want to say about 2001, you okay. guys. That's so fun. Okay, so I like watching on YouTube Rob Ager. He's, like, a famous conspiracy nut and uh, Kubrick enthusiast, but also he's a filmmaker and he understands film and, and, you know, he's got an opinion and he likes to share it. I enjoy his stuff quite a bit. Um, But you can definitely sometimes be like, "Mm, I don't quite see it, buddy. But he's also... I've like also gotten great insight as well. So it's a wonderful balance. These creative, crazy minds Mm -hmm. come up with a lot of great stuff. Mm. Anyway, my favorite 2000, my favorite theory or like explanation of his is about 2001 and how the monolith, it's just this great joke because, okay, in the book, the monolith is like milky white and kind of moves when you look at it. It's kind of like almost like it's like moving on the top of it. Um, But in the movie, it's just like the black monolith, right? Just like an absence of anything and it's a it's a cinema screen on standing on its on its whatever and once you make that connection in your head then you like can rewatch the whole movie and it's all like insight that's that's how you take it from this isn't a thing about a sequence of events this is a person's journey to enlightenment um, and I thought it was so fabulous because the movie starts out with this very famous black screen on the cinema and it's just this crazy <laughs> fucking music. Right. And it's just like, what the hell? And it, it's the monolith song because the song, it's like there's two songs that he keeps repeating by Ligeti, right, for the monolith. And um so at those points, he does that during in the very beginning of the film and then in the intermission. And so at those points, you're like legit staring at the monolith as it actually exists, because finally in the movie, you eventually see it flying through space and it's laying on its side. And Rob Agar is making the connect, saying that, you know, if he had done that, if he had shown the monolith on its side, we'd see it as a TV screen or a cinema screen. And we'd be like, oh, hokey or whatever. But instead, it's like this big thing. You have to get there like hmm. through the journey of the movie, because it's like the moment you see it finally floating through space, then you're like, damn, that really looks like that. 
anyway, I loved it. I love watching it through those eyes with the monolith is film, art, cinema, whatever. I, too. It's, I think it's beautiful. I liked it when the monolith was flying through space. I forgot about that. And it like lines up with yeah. all the planets oh or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's like, I'm like, here in the middle. Check me out. <laughs> oh, it's so cool, you guys. It's really, I mean, talk about movies to watch when you're high as hell. Yeah. Right? That's awe-inspiring. When you see the monolith with the planets lined up, you just feel like you're an, like an ant. Like, that thing is a... It's pretty impressive. And then that song that they use for every... What's the song, baby? It's Thus Spoke Zarathustra" by Ricard Strauss. And it's, like, made to make you feel a certain way, y'all, about your existence and stuff. It's just so powerful. I love it. It is powerful. Such a great movie. He wrote On the Beautiful Blue Danube as well. He did? Yes. (laughs) What? Yes. Are you sure? No, it's Johann Strauss. <laughs> There's Johann Strauss and Richard Strauss. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, which I thought is kind of cool. I wonder if that's a coincidence as well. Do you think not. they're descendants? That would be pretty cool if they were. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so is that your favorite part of that movie? What? The floating through yeah, space? The whole... Uh, I don't monolith have, journey. I don't know if I have a favorite part. I know there's so many. I, I like it when Hal reads their lips. <sighs> that makes you really like this computer's diabolical. <laughs> it's reading their fucking lips. Oh my god. I love all the like sex or biological like creation of new life innuendo that's mm-hmm. in it. Um, I like like and like the shape of the discovery and how it could be mm. an eyeball. It could be a sperm cell. It could be like you know, either way, it's fucking freaky and very like crazy. on a, on a human creepy level. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's such a great movie. Oh man, when when Dave Bowman has to bust through the back of the pod and and he's in space with no space helmet for a moment. Yes, like We're you really get the space. sense of like like he they set that whole tone with like the sound like that. Burp. Yes. You know, and like he's sitting there, like bracing himself. You really, it puts you on edge. And then he blasts into the vacuum of space and bounces around. And that, I just think that's so cool. And that's the expanse right there. They do that same kind of shit in the expanse. How weird. He was doing it like in the 60s, man. Anyway, I just love that he did all that. And I love that Dave Bowman has to overcome these tremendous obstacles to destroy Hal. Me too, honey. Yeah. Anyway. I'm loading another bowl. What a great movie. Okay, what's your favorite part of The Shining? My favorite part of The Shining? The Shining. (sighs) My favorite part of The Shining. God, The Shining scares me so much. I love it. I don't like being scared, but I like being scared by The Shining. I don't have a favorite part. I like the parts with Scatman Crothers. I like it even when he's in his bed receiving the signals from Danny. And he's watching the news. Oh, you know what my fucking favorite part of The Shining is? What? Is when Scatman Crothers is on the, the snowy road and it shows you a sign that says 36 Westminster yeah. Boulder. Because that is legit, like, yeah. right where, that's where I got my hair done the other yeah. day. Like, <laughs> it is. I'm just like, wow. That's like before Church Ranch, yeah. you know? And anyway. It's like a sense of place. He wrote like a... Only those Coloradans would know that. Yeah, like Stephen King stayed at the Stanley. I've stayed at the Stanley. He wrote, you know, it about his his experience at the Stanley. But all of his real books are like in his universe and in Maine, right? Mm-hmm. So it's always weird when authors do that, like write about a place they don't live in. Yeah, yeah, it is weird. Plus, Stanley Kubrick did not read The Shining, right? He did not. What a jerk. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> oh, what I didn't know is that Arthur C. Clarke's uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey was written with Stanley Kubrick. I had no idea. When you told me that, that I had no blew idea. me away. I thought he had written it first, but no, they kind of, they like wrote it together and Stanley Kubrick uh, begged him to not release the book until after the movie so that people wouldn't go in like disappointed yeah because the book has a lot more explanations and isn't as um i don't know it's been a long time since Man, i, I think it. i'm gonna read that book yeah i'm gonna read that do it 
Um, okay, well, there you go. I think that's <laughs> that's our Stanley that's, tribute yeah. to Stanley Kubrick. Yay! Um, thanks for listening. Did you enjoy that? Uh, sure, I did. I liked it. We're back, yeah. It's listener letter time. I'm going to do a big bong rap. So that means I have to read this. Yes. We want your letters. In the case... (laughs) (laughs) You guys, we want your letters. Or actually, we want your emails. So write us and share your cannabis story, your stoned observations, ask your stoner questions, or request some good old-fashioned advice from a mom and dad stoner. Email us at momanddadarestoned at gmail.com, and we might just read your letter on the show. Good job. Sorry about that. That's okay. (laughs) Couldn't handle it. (laughs) Okay, so this letter is from April... Can I, I can read it now. I got it together. Are you sure? Yep. Okay. Okay, this is from April. Yep. I've been smoking flour for over 18 months on a daily basis and using carts occasionally, like when we're out of town. Obviously, my tolerance is waning. I do take three to four breaks when I can. I'm considering going to dab. Three to four day breaks. So Yeah, sorry. Three to four day breaks when I can. I'm considering going to dab sometimes, but I really, sometimes, but I really don't know how to start. Would I just switch? Or would it be better to add it from time to time when I really need it? No, you definitely add it in as part of your repertoire, your myriad of ways to consume cannabis in its many different forms. That's what I do, at least. And I think it's good for my tolerance. I've always said that, like vaping in different ways, like vaping flour, you know, helps as as much as you can, helps you for when you are smoking weed and, you know, uh, you feel way more intense and it, and, and it works vice versa. Um, and I just like having so many different options for different uh, scenarios in my life. So, like, if my kids are around versus when my kids are not around and, you know, where I'm going and what I'm doing um, and what I'm treating, you know, sometimes if I'm really depressed, like when we kind of started out our show and I was just like very bummed, like I have to be intentional you know about what I'm going to do. Um, so I have this full big spread of stuff. You could probably take away the alcohol, you know, that's not medicinal. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and all of this is working together. All of these things have different amounts and levels of terpenes and cannabinoids, and it's all working together to help me, um, for a big sesh, a big medicated sesh. Uh, anyway, what am I talking about to start dabbing, so, yeah, I, there's always the the concern that if I start dabbing, then my tolerance is um, going to go up a lot and I'm not going to get that same satisfaction from smoking flour. And I've never found that to be true for me. I can't speak for everybody, but I mean, for me, like if I'm spending time dabbing, then when I do go back to smoking, I feel I feel that intensely, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's almost like a built in tolerance break for a few hours or if maybe you're just dabbing like consistently one day dabbing and doing your carts only you know um so it's a great way having different consumption methods what i'm trying to say is a great way to help your tolerance um because you can sort of force these tolerance breaks during the week so like when my kids are around i won't really smoke a lot of flour unless i step outside instead i'll do my carts and stuff that means when i am smoking on the weekend i get nice and high so there's that um and then what else i don't know how to start Just so, get yourself some concentrates and mm-hmm but what kind? There's so many choices, right? Or to no? me, it's whatever you get your hands on. Yeah, exactly. Um, it just depends on what state you're in. And then, uh, I mean, even then, it's like some legal states have terrible selection and some mm-hmm. have the most, like, fine connoisseur collections, like selections. And, you know, you start with what you can afford and you just go from there. We like to always look for like solventless things, but um, that's not always a thing that's possible. So being open minded yeah. <laughs> with concentrates is good, too. And then another thing is you can get CBD concentrates and dab those like we're doing here. 
Um, and those are all over the internet, all yep. over. Some CBD concentrates, they'll, they'll like add... Uh, Terpenes? Yeah, so there's like different flavored, and it's like, it looks like... Not like shatter, but it looks like, you know, like a cannabis concentrate you'd get at the dispensary, but you can just get it in the mail. Um, and that has a tremendous effect. And like, yeah, Steve's Goods is a good one. Mm-hmm, Steve's Goods is, I love that. His stuff is super delicious. And um, you can do that like all morning, you know, and like work, get stuff done. And if that treats you, then you don't have to like smoke flour until the, like the afternoon. That's like a little built-in tolerance mm-hmm. break. Um, so, yeah, the more things, the better is my thing. That's my belief. Because, like I said, everything has something different that's to offer. And cannabinoids and terpenes all work better when they're working together. So the more, the merrier. That's right. Is I that, think that's good advice. Is that a good answer? And then to start, yeah, most people just get like a dabber and a torch and butane or you can get like a nectar collector and a torch or you can um get a pen that's pretty affordable that you can add concentrate to so it's different from a cartridge it's not oil you know it's got it's whatever you choose to put in there because uh your dabs are going to be some kind of almost solid form uh so yeah all right. Well, there you go. I think that's good advice. So good luck. Thank you so your, much. On your dab journey. Email us your questions, you guys. We're running out of questions. Mom and dad are stoned at gmail.com. What's going on in Dave's Grove? You're such a lovely singing voice. Oh, well, I feel a little weak right now with all my smoking. Maybe you need to eat. Um, so I'll tell you what's going on really quick here. Okay. So I've got um, a tent that's in full flower towards the end. And I don't know. I'm on the fence on whether I should flush constantly or not. Why? Because I keep checking the strikeums and sometimes I trick myself into thinking they're part amber. But I don't think they are. I think they're just kind of cloudy and clear. So, I don't know. Maybe that means it's time. I think um, I like to wait to see a couple of amber trichomes before I start flushing. Because I've really learned that flushing is very helpful. Why? The last two weeks, you should be flushing water through your plants. Because what it does is it's, um, it's, I guess you could say it's the beginning of the drying process. Because you're taking all their nutrients out of their roots. You're saying no more good nutrients for you. It's just plain old water. (sighs) So they're like, what? And then they start using all the leftover nutrients in their systems. And they're like, let's just, okay, fine. I still have some in reserve. And then you force feed them water until they just don't have any more. And you do that because once it's dried and cured and you smoke it, you're not smoking nutrients anymore. You're not getting that harsh stuff because that's all the leftover yuck that you use to grow your plants so you gotta flush and then they start it turns into fall in your tent and they go like red purple orange i mean the leaves turns all kinds of crazy colors just like in outdoors they change leaves so wow um so that's a little tip if you ever want to grow purple weed which is we all do when we start growing weed just flush your plants a lot at the end and they'll turn purple i mean like that's how you make the leaves change color and then in my other tent, I have half hemp, half um, golden goat. And, man, those the hemp and the golden goat have the same, like, makeup. Like, the hemp plant I got is really, like, has thin leaves and a ton of them. Yeah. And golden goat is a sativa, so tons of skinny leaves. And, mm-hmm. like, it's just like you open it and it's just like, blam! It looks like weird, <laughs> long, thin plants with lots of leaves. And they grew last night. They grew, like four inches last night i looked this morning i was like what the fuck happened in here and <laughs> so <laughs> they all like jumped right up but wow. these these are in flower too they're in early flower though so they're not like they're just they're you know, adolescents yeah um so that's what's going on there really i guess that's all that's going on that's what's going on in my grow i'm gonna harvest hopefully soon i guess i don't know well that was very interesting i'm glad you think so <laughs> <laughs> that's what's going on in dave's grow Bye.
live back in action. All right, guys, it's shout out corner. Next, our House Van Eaton members shout out. House Van Eaton is our membership site and community of adult stoners who support the show as well as everything we do over on thestonermom.com. Members have access to exclusive podcasts, sesh videos, vlogs, and live sessions with me and Blavid. Learn more at thestonermom.com and click on the membership. Today, we are shouting out new members Sway and Jennifer. What's up? Thank you for being part of the show. Team. Whatever. Community. <laughs> Love you. I like team. Also, we got a iTunes review. Let's hear it. I love it. So relatable. Berna family. Oh, I should. Maybe we shouldn't say that. It sounds too personal. I've been listening to Madaz for over one year and look forward to each new episode. Catherine and David are real, unpretentious, and informative. Medicating with cannabis in a heavily stigmatized world can feel lonely at times. Catherine and David help me to realize that I'm not alone in this and always put a smile on my face. That's a beautiful review. Thank you so much. We so appreciate those iTunes reviews. Um, If you ever get a chance, and look, I almost always read them. I mean, look at that. Look at that. Um, so, yes, if you can give us a rating or a review over on iTunes or just tell your friends about us. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen so you never miss an episode. Hey, can I just take a moment to say congratulations? To who? To you. Because you, this podcast is number 214 on the alternative health and medicine category. You did category, Which is impressive. <laughs> I, was, I was like, no. Alternative health, what? We're not health experts. But I do like to share my depression. Look at that. I mean, I'm clearly in a better mood. There you go. It's the week before my period. I'm yeah. just... Life is hard right now. It's not good. We're Next week, school starts. I have two days to get back-to-school shopping clothes for my girls. Because we just haven't gotten to it, and now they've been on vacation for a week with their dad. So I'm like, fuck! Get back! <laughs> Try get, on clothes. Get back! I bought two clothes. Never mind. Goodbye. Okay. Um, I guess that's it, though. Let's wrap this okay, up. Okay, well, that's it for this episode. We're going to go eat a fucking keto dinner that we have perfected. David has perfected during our week of solitude. You have absolutely... The last two you've made have been phenomenal. Oh, great. Last night's was amazing. It was it was this big salad on the bottom and Brussels sprouts and a beautiful ribeye and then fried egg to perfection. Always a Friday. Cheese. <laughs> I think his sometimes he puts sour cream on his. I do. I would put avocados on mine if they were ripe, but they're not ripe. They're not ripening up. You gotta put them in a brown bag or something. I do. Okay, anyway, whatever. That's it for this episode. We love you guys. Mom and Dad are stoned is made by us, David and Catherine. Learn more about us at thestonermom.com. Our music is by Deaf Girl. Follow her on the gram at Deaf Girl Music and listen to her on SoundCloud. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at mom, the letter N, dad, the letter R, stoned. Follow David on Twitter and the gram at cohempgrower. And follow me on IG and Twitter at thestonermom. Happy Flower Company is on Instagram at happy. Oh my god. At Happy Flower Hemp. Happy Flower Hemp. We will be back again very soon. Until then, please remember you guys to be safe and responsible with all of your cannabis use. Always be kind and smoke weed every day. Bye. Bye.